Space Pants. Mmm. The following podcast may contain horse language. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to another exhilarating episode of Flick Smacks. I am one of your co-hosts, Terry. I am the other one, Scott. Yay! Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm excellent for this seventh edition of our season two. There you go. How was your week? It was exhilarating. Mine... My week was exhilarating as well, just like this episode. Yes, yeah, I I uh, took I took from your cue, and that's the only way I could say my week was was exhilarating. It's a fine word to use to describe any yes. sort of excitement. Now, is that the word you would use to describe uh, today's movie? That is not a word I would use to describe. 2019's horror movie comedy question mark (laughs) revenge mystery thriller um come to daddy yes starring starring elijah wood yeah and while this is 2019 it wasn't officially released till this year because it was on the uh film festival circuit all last year and then officially got was given a release this year. So this will count as my 12th 2020 release that I've seen. So which is really sad. Yeah. But hey, good news is that the movie theaters are reopening here soon. Mm-hmm. And we'll basically have everything that we've already seen to watch for the first little while. Yeah. But, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay yes so yeah so, so we actually i don't think we can actually even send the name of the movie yet <laughs> no i did i said come to daddy did you say come to daddy yeah okay i it's just something you normally say to me anyway so i just i didn't think of it as the movie oh title. boy <laughs> <laughs> it's unraveling already is it yeah so this was directed by a guy named ant timpson this was his first feature length uh, directing uh, job, but he has been a producer on many horror films, um, including the ABCs of Death 1 and 2 anthologies. Both pretty good. And uh, a New Zealand horror comedy called Housebound, which was pretty decent. And then two other horror comedies that were extremely violent from start to finish. And that one was Deathgasm, and the other was Turbo Kid. Yeah, Turbo Kid's awesome. Yeah, and so I was expecting that level of violence for this movie, and while there was spurts of violence, it didn't come anywhere close, so I was a little bit disappointed. In that. I think he replaced violence with, like, just cringy, dirty, like, implied weirdness. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a lot of... 
just kind of off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So as you said, this stars Elijah Wood and he's no stranger to playing weird roles like, you know, maniac, um, sin city. He didn't have any dialogue in sin city, but he played like a cannibal in that, um, happy feet. So well, he's, uh, he's like a self-admitted horror, horror yeah. fanatic. Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't he also play, um, and what was that? Uh, he like played an, a little short person. Oh, was that uh, the good uh, son? Oh, yeah, he was in the good son. <laughs> yes, in Elijah Wood. No, him and yeah. Macaulay Culkin. What is yes. that movie that he's in with all the uh, Lord of the what is Dance? That? Lord of the Dance, right? Yes. Yeah, and also stars Stephen McCaddy, Canadian treasure for. Yep. Horror fans. Pontypool. Pontypool. History of Violence. Yep. It's probably most mainstream appearance is when he played Elaine and Kramer Shrink on Seinfeld for about three or four episodes. Um, and then he took Elaine to Tuscany. Or I think maybe, I don't know. I think I'm thinking of the maestro. But no, he did play Elaine and Kramer Shrink on Seinfeld. Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah, and and going into this movie i kind of had i mean i knew it would be weird i was expecting a higher violence output and it had 86 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah which is crazy which is crazy good for this type of movie and you know side note this movie was filmed in tofino bc which Ah, yes i've been to you know, a few times. And of course it's on Vancouver Island where I was born and raised. So, you know, I, I felt a connection with, with this movie. Yeah. It's like where all the Canadian hippies go to surf apparently. Yeah. And with that in mind, this was a, an Ireland, Canada, New Zealand, and U S collaborative effort production. It just warms your heart knowing that we can all come together to make such a, a stunning Spellbinding masterpiece. Yes. Yeah. And the movie opens with quotes from Shakespeare and Beyonce. Yeah. So. Uh, nobody's better than my daddy. Was it that, is that Beyonce's quote? Think something like that. Yes. So, yeah, I'll uh, yeah. give a brief storyline synopsis yeah. here, courtesy of Mongrel Media. Okay. Uh, Norval's life has been, to put it lightly, difficult. Currently living at home with his mother, the troubled young man is coming off alcohol-related struggles. So when he receives an unexpected letter from his estranged father requesting a visit, Norville catches a bus up to his dad's secluded and scenic waterfront home. Maybe reconnecting with his father will give Norville the emotional Norville, sorry, the emotional fulfillment he's been lacking. Before long, though, he notices something off about his dad. An uneasy feeling triggered by inappropriate comments and possible over-dependence on booze. Norval quickly realizes that his hope of father-son bonding is doomed. Instead of a family reunion, he finds himself in a waking nightmare. That pretty much sums up, like, without giving much away, yeah. And mostly that's just the, the first half hour of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, Norville, it opens with 
Norville kind of um, walking the coastline. Towards, yeah. yeah, walking the coastline to his father's home. Like I don't know where the bus dropped him off, but I don't know. But um, yeah. he's sporting a nice monk or friar type haircut. Well, when you look at um, Elijah Wood's character in this movie, it um, sort of you know he. He could have been in the Hitler Youth. Yeah. You know, he's got a look about him. Um, he's got the blue eyes. And he's, yeah, trimmed that mustache up a little bit. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, yeah, he's walking along the coastline. And the first thing I noticed that bothered me is that his hat blew off his head. And he didn't. He stopped. He didn't, but he didn't he's... bother retrieving it. No. No, it's, but it looked like the kind of hat that Isaac and Children of the Corn wore. It looked yeah. like some sort of Quaker hat. Yeah, that's one thing about this character is that he's got like, um, what kind of fashion sense would you describe it as? Like, uh, he's trying to be on the edge of like urban, urban yeah. gothic, some yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. Well, he Anyways. makes himself out to be some sort of you know fabulous entertainer or artist musician type promoter well you automatically know that this guy's got some sort of trauma and he's you know he's he has no self-esteem so yeah i mean the fact that he was able to drop everything and go see his dad like meaning that he really didn't have much going on anyways yeah so he shows up at his dad's place and his his dad's a basically a drunk he's a dick yeah and he just saying some awful things to him but they do kind of in some sort of odd way mm-hmm. you know, can have communication and whatever and yeah um, but it's very uneasy on norval's part like you can tell he's not sure what's going on yeah and he's he's struggling because his father's drinking so much and he's he's had his struggles so well not only is he drinking so much he's purposely savoring the drink and filling his glass up as much as he can and just oh. like mm, like pretty much just making love to his he's glass of definitely wine. baiting yeah he's definitely baiting norville into you know having a drink with his old man yeah and like norville you know confesses about his his alcohol dependence and his failed suicide attempt. And, you know, they Um, they seem to be having kind of like a heart to heart in a way. And uh, yeah, there's, there's one scene where they're, they're kind of talking and Norville claims that he's um, known in the music industry and he's, he's friends with, um, uh, Kendrick oh, a, Lamar and and Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper, and he's also very good friends with the man who discovered him, Elton, Elton John. Elton John, <laughs> yes. Who then the dad claims that he knows Elton John as well, or Reginald, as yeah. as they refer to him. So he basically his... calls Norville's bluff. Yeah. Right. Because he says, yeah, he's going to call Elton because he said he was his limo driver for ten years and that they're good friends. So yeah, he pretends to call Elton John. And then that forces Norville saying, okay, I don't know him. And then the guy says, ah, I don't know him either. Now I just know you're full of shit. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, and so yeah. then he, he goes to bed that night and he, he leaves his bedroom and he starts hearing conversations that his dad's having on the phone about saying that we can use them as leverage and all this different things. And so he's not quite sure what's going on. And so, yeah, he scurries back to his bedroom and then the dad looks in on him and you know, nothing happens after that. But then yeah, the next- I, I kind of, I thought maybe um, there was like a, a girlfriend in the house or something okay. that was hidden. Like there was somebody else in the house, you know? Right. Um, because when, when whoever it was, I guess it would have been the dad now that opened the door to look at him while he was sleeping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I thought it was like a female silhouette, but yeah. Yeah. I think it was Gordon. Um, so then the next day they decide to go swimming, but then they have a race for the water and then the dad just stops and <laughs> Elijah just keeps going and goes swimming and he's swimming on his back, contemplating about, you know, maybe the relationship, whatever. And then this giant boulder comes out of nowhere and almost smacks him in the head. And it shows the, the guy, his dad on the shore, just standing there. The thing is, I don't know if he could have thrown that rock that size that far. Oh, he was a good 20, 30 meters away. Yeah, there's no way. But obviously it was implied that it came from him, but there's no way he could have thrown it out that far. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, so then... After that, they go inside, and then things just they start being being real to each other. Yeah, they, and it, it gets a little gritty. Yeah, like uh, his dad spills the c word probably about eighty times. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then he said, then he calls him a rat fucker and says, "You stuff rats up your vagina." And I I, I don't know. I thought that was funny. And then he said, he's saying, oh, do you want me to leave? And he's like, you would probably get lost and die in the woods and they'd find a rat skeleton in, inside your pelvic bone where your vagina was. <laughs> so he's just drilling in the fact that he thinks he's a rat fucker. <laughs> yeah, there's some good... Uh... Yeah. And then he starts chasing him with the cleaver, saying, come to daddy, come to daddy. Yeah. And then he has a heart attack. And dies. And dies. And that's 20 minutes, 28 minutes into the movie. And at this point, you know, like, something's brewing. Yeah. Because they're not going to just kill the father off in 20 minutes. Yeah. So we go through about 20 minutes of... Um, well, the, sh- the sheriff comes. Oh, yeah. That's a good scene. <laughs> that sheriff was weird. Yeah. Like, everybody's dialogue in this movie is just weird. Like he's, except Elijah Woods. Yeah. And then he's trying to comfort him and he's like, I can burp on command if that might cheer you up. <laughs> and then he does burp on command and and Elijah just, you know, gives him a blank stare. So yeah. Yeah. So and then the coroner shows up. Um, oh, did you catch the coroner's name? Uh I don't remember it. It was Gladys Klondickle. Klondickle? Clondickle. Oh. Yes. So she, in a strange roundabout way, tries to comfort Elijah Wood over his estranged father's sudden death. And mm-hmm. I think he kind of takes it as like she's interested in him yeah. in a, in in a, a romantic, sexual, yeah. A sexual way. In a romantic fashion. And, uh, yeah. So he's in the house by himself for a couple of days with this corpse. Well, that's actually, that's the thing we, we haven't mentioned is that she says, I'm taking this body away, draining it, 
and then filling it with some sort of preservative so it's not going to rot. And then I'm bringing you back the body because they have some sort of storage problem in town because of the flood. Yeah. So they're just going to bring the body back to his place until the family can make arrangements. So, yeah. So she brings the body back and they just kind of put it in a bedroom and he's weirded out by the whole thing and he keeps going into the room to look at this corpse to make sure it's not living and 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 the zipper is always open every time he goes it so they're really making it like it's some sort of supernatural thing yeah like why they and then the last time he finally puts a blanket over top after he zipped it up and it makes it the blanket starts moving as though the body was breathing which mm. There's no payoff for that because there is no ghost or anything like that. So that was completely a red herring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, while he's in this house at night, he hears all this banging, like metal clanging. Yeah, and, scratching and everything. Yeah. You know, like I could see it being pipes in an old house or whatever, but not, mm -hmm. not the way it was carrying on. So to mm -hmm. cope, he finally caves in and has a drink. Yeah, or, or that was after he, he looks out the window and he sees some guy in the woods just staring at the house. Yeah. And that freaks him out even more. And so then, yeah, then he breaks sobriety. So he gets shit-faced drunk. Um, he first tries to call the coroner, the lady coroner. Yeah, um, for booty call. Yeah, she shuts him down completely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then he goes into the room where his dead father's body is and you know has a little talk with him mm -hmm. tells him he's not a rat fucker he's not a cunt you know yeah and then um, he starts looking through then he finds a whole photo album and starts looking through it and realizes that the guy in the bag is not his dad yeah <laughs> And so then he really starts to go, what the fuck's going on? So then he starts hearing the banging and clanging again, realizes that it's pretty much coming from beneath the living room floor. Yeah. So pulls the carpet back and sure enough, there's like a hatch in the floor. Yeah. So he goes down into this chamber underneath the house mm -hmm. and discovers his real father is it's tied. Chain. It's chained to the ceiling and earless. has, yeah, earless and has been brutalized. Yeah. Well, okay. One, he's missing one ear because earlier the guy who claimed to be uh, Nor Norval's dad said that he once kicked an ear off a guy's head. And yes. so obviously that he was referencing this particular man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he finds his dad there and he's bewildered and, Things kind of escalate, and then somebody else is coming down the hatch, and the the real father is, oh, quick, hide. You've got to kill these guys. Hide, yeah. and then jump out and kill them. Yeah. So Norville hides in the closet, and then we are introduced to... What the heck was his name? I'm just looking at that up, too. Uh, in the movie, his name is Jethro. Yes. And uh, he looks like uh, Frank Zappa, kind of, <laughs> a little bit. Mm. And uh, so Jethro is obvious. Jethro and the corpse upstairs yep. are obviously in cahoots, and mm -hmm. the 
what we thought was the father was actually one of the kidnapper torturers just yes. pretending to be the father. Mm -hmm. And is it even really revealed what they are torturing him for? Well, they're revealed because they, they want the money, right? Because they got money for kidnapping that the richest guy in Thailand's daughter. So they're wondering where all the money is. Did I miss that? Yeah, because you find out later that he, that you know that's what they were after for wondering, and he said it's all gone. And then he tells Norval, he's like, "Didn't you ever wonder why you lived in a mansion in Beverly Hills with a with an unemployed mom?" And so mm. that's the reason because he put all the money into the house and gave them a life. So yeah, so yeah, Jethro is again attempting to torture him and threatens him with a, a poo pen. <laughs> this Jethro is something else. Yes, like he's. Uh... He he's hundred percent believes in himself. This character, yeah, like says, here's a pen. It's uh, covered it's, in he comes out in excrement, as he called it, instead of excrement. He called it excrement. So yeah, he's got a pen that's covered in his own feces. Yeah, that he's going to stab the real father with, and then that he'll get some sort of infection from from you know the shit in his in his body. But if you tell me where the money is, I'll take you to the hospital. Yes, <laughs> I didn't believe him. No, and he stabbed him twice, and then, Ugh. and the Norval doesn't come out. No, until the father starts screaming, "You're supposed to come out," and all that, and then he has some sort of lame dish effort of trying to knock, <laughs> and then Jethro like kicks him clear into that closet. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> so yeah. then Jethro, I don't know why did he take off like that. Well, yeah, I think he, he was going to go get Dandy the Hunchback. Oh, yeah, Dandy. And then we meet Dandy, and Dandy does not look like a hunchback. Well, okay, so basically, Jethro kicks um, the, what's his name? Nor Norville. Norville back into the closet. Yeah. Gets up, says, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get my henchman. Yeah. Dandy. Yeah. So then... The dad, um, it's Gordon, right? No, the, the Gordon was the fake dad. Oh, yeah, Gordon was the fake dad. Uh, uh, the, the real dad, we will refer to Brian. as Brian, yes. So, Brian, the real dad, says, you got to get me out of here. Let's get out of here. Mm -hmm. So, Elijah Wood hauls him up into the kitchen. Well, well first, they, he says, I can't slip my hand out of the metal cup. Oh, so, yes. So, you have to break my thumb. So he breaks his thumb, still can't get out. Now breaks he says, his now pinky. His, inde his index finger. Yeah. And then still can't get out. And they're like, well, what to do? But then they realize that, yes, he's locked in that cuff, but the chain isn't locked to anything. It's just kind of loosely Nailed. Yeah. Yeah, hooked on to the ceiling. So they were able to get him out and they didn't have to break everything. They just, <laughs> they weren't paying attention. So yeah, so he has to get him out of the hatch in order to, you know, get away. So now the dad's got, one missing ear. Yes. A smashed up hand. Do you, do you want to say why he's missing an ear? Do you want to say what the ultimatum was of why he's missing an uh, ear? Should we just maybe, in case somebody wants to watch the movie, leave that one? Or I mean, we've already Let's just say he was, he was given an ultimatum. Yes. And, eat and his eat the ear or drink... Um, something else. Something else. Something off color. And that is is double meaning. 
yeah. it's off. It's not the right color, and it is off color. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so yeah, here he is, you know, missing an ear, two fingers broken, just one eye beaten. swollen shut. He's got something etched into his chest. I never saw what words were yeah. etched into his chest, but he's got something etched into his chest. But he's he's in pretty rough shape, and he's probably septic at this point. Oh, probably. So yeah, he uh, Norville hauls his dad upstairs. That kind of puts him down in the dining room, I think. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, "Hey, I gotta take a piss. I gotta go take a piss." And the dad's like, "Okay, hurry up." Yeah. So he goes in the washroom and he discovers uh, Dandy. Dandy. <laughs> Stick so, shit. So Dandy's a um, a larger fellow. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, he's taking a shit. And, and, and then he chases Norvold straight shirt cocking it. Straight um, shirt cocking it. While toilet paper is still shoved up his asshole because it keeps <laughs> unraveling from the roll as he's wrestling with the uh, Norville. Yeah. So yeah, he uh so he's basically got Norville in a compromised position in the kitchen, and then Norville sees um like a carving a steak, fork. A carving fork. Yeah. And proceeds to stab Dandy in the genital bathing suit area. Yeah, kind of like multiple times. In in an uppercut fashion. Yeah. Not like straight on, yeah. Like mm, yeah. Like there was probably a couple shots that went straight up his a-hole, you know. Probably. That's probably what cut the toilet paper as you see it raveling back up later. So Dandy gets stabbed in the in the balls and penis basically yeah probably a good dozen times yeah and And then then he (laughs) like as if that wasn't enough he tries to he wraps saran wrap around his head in order to suffocate him and then takes the huge industrial roll of san of saran wrap beats the crap out of him yes and just like flattens his head yeah (laughs) so basically dandy's unrecognizable yeah um and dead. Yes. So then he a, goes back to his father. They escape to I, the beach. Yeah, they escape out to the beach. Um, and they're hiding. But then Jethro comes back. Somehow he knows they're on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jethro comes back and he's got a flaming crossbow. Yes. And so he's uttering threats, blah, blah, blah. Goes up into the house. He doesn't find... Um, he doesn't find Norville or his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes in the house and finds Dandy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's he's pretty upset that Dandy got um, sodomized by a carving fork. Yeah. And had his head caved in with saran wrap. But yeah, he vows revenge. And then Elijah Wood says, oh, shit he's going to find my luggage tag, which has mom's address on it. Right. And literally 20 seconds later, Jethro's like, Oh, here's your address. I'm going to go, I'm going to do things to you and your mother. So first first he stops off at a hotel. Well, yeah, but uh, the dad's like, okay, you got to kill this guy. Like you got to, you got to get him when he's not looking, go hide in the, his truck. Hide in his trunk, and then, so he uh, does. Uh, and, yeah, and that leads to the hotel 
and the geologist convention. Maybe the most bizarre scene in the, the film. <laughs> and 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 geologist is the term used by the hotel desk clerk. And even he knows that it's that actually is just code for a swingers party and every room is booked by swingers. Yeah. Not the ones from the John Favreau movie. You know, like more of the, the car key party yeah. kind of swingers. Yeah. Deviants. Yes. <laughs> so uh so yeah, they get to the hotel and um on the way to the hotel, Jethro, the bad guy, makes a phone call to Precious. Precious, who is a prostitute, and says, Oh, meet me at the hotel. I gotta relieve some pressure. Yeah. Or some some stress. Yeah. So they get to the hotel and he goes into the room. And so um Elijah Wood Norville is sneaking around. He uh He wants to get a room. First 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 he pulls the crossbow out of the, the car. Yeah. Because he's gonna shoot Jethro with the crossbow, but he accidentally mm-hmm. shoots the arrow off into the forest. So <laughs> yes. he's got no weapon now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is where he goes into the lobby of the hotel and the, the desk clerk is a creep and yeah. They have an exchange and yeah. Yeah. Basically ends up distracting him by telling him there's a well-endowed female in the parking lot, suspicious female. Yeah. So that way he can look at the get all the keys to the rooms and break yeah. into each room to try to figure out what's going on or whatever. So he like takes all the, the keys and he yeah. also takes the receipt spike. Yeah. To to flatten the tires of Jethro's car. Yes. Um but then he keeps it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. So so he's trying to get into all these rooms or whatever and he gets into one room. Well first he sees Jethro getting strangled by through the through the crack in the door but you can't yeah. really tell what's going on 100 percent. yeah he's he's getting a hug with legs around the yeah neck, kind of yes so then he he goes into another room and yeah, there's three people in the bed sleeping yeah at least three people in the bed one in a chair yeah and some, uh, some are half naked some are fully clothed yeah uh some some are um full frontal nudity Yes. Graphic style. Yeah. Um, we get a good shot of a man's wang. Wang. <laughs> a few times. Yeah. And so uh it, Norville's plan is to sneak past these sleeping swingers. Russian. Russian swingers. Russian swingers. <laughs> yes. Um, and open the door that separates the rooms. Yeah, the adjoining so, room door. Yeah. So he can attack um Jethro. Yeah. So he gets the door open. Um but no, he turns on the TV first. Yeah. And or accident. Acci- accidentally and they're yeah. watching a porn so there's a bunch of porn sounds that you know come from the TV. <laughs> so these Russians all wake up and they're kind of scared. They don't they know seem what's kind of scared on. but also I don't know. It almost seemed like they were inviting him to join them. I got yeah, that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he gets like, the door he's open. Like, Ooh, here's a new member. So he gets the door open, and so Jethro is in a headlock from the prostitute Precious. 
So essentially, instead of anything kind of sexual, she was basically like amateur style wrestling holds mm-hmm. to this guy. Yeah. Like nobody was naked. It was yeah. just kind just of a, like a submission hold that he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was, he was, she was putting him in some holds. So uh, he's, so Precious grabs um, uh, Norville. Yeah. In some sort of headlock type, half Nelson. I don't know what was going on. And so uh, Jethro stabs him with the um, receipt spike that he yeah, had. a couple times in the gut, yeah. And then once through the face. <laughs> yeah, through the cheek and out the mouth. And then he's like, oh, I meant to put that in your ear. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so now we, he's, he's yeah. scared. He's like, oh, I don't want to be charged with murder. Like, it's okay for him to be torturing the guy back at the house. You know, but now he's like, oh, shit, I don't want to be, a, you know, an accessory to murder. So I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, he throws a handful, of, like he pays her for yes. her services. Yes. And then utters some bad, bad guy shit. Yeah. And gets in his car and uh, drives off. Yeah. But in the meantime, Elijah Wood, Has woken we think up. he's dead. Yeah. But he comes too. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanders and, around with the spike still in his face. Yeah, he's wandering around with the spike still in his face. And he sees the car take off yeah. around the corner, but then smash. Yes. There's an accident. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go over here and check it out. So he comes around the corner onto the road and the... There's a neon directional sign or whatever that's crashed through the windshield. Yeah, through Jethro's car. Yeah. But when um, when Norville goes to look in the car, Jethro is not in there. Mm-hmm. But he finds the luggage tag that he was after in the first place, so this guy couldn't get his mother. Which he unknowingly doesn't know that would be moot because... Jethro already programmed it into his GPS. Yeah. But I mean, um, it, it ends up being moot anyways, but at that point, he doesn't know that he, you know, he doesn't know Jethro actually still has the address. Yeah. So we see Jethro walking down the road like, off in the distance. Like a zombie. Just yeah, kind of he's shuffling his feet. Yeah. And you don't really know what happened to him at first. He's just, you know, he's not right. Yeah. So then Norville catches up to him. And they have a conversation, and then you realize that about quarter of his skull. Jethro's skull has been sheared off by and, that and, by the and, accident. And his and there's some brain exposed. Oh, yeah. his brain is fully exposed, and yeah. he's he's telling um, normal about about, about the mom, about how the mother was a prostitute. Yeah, and, and that he banged her and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he banged her in an abandoned warehouse, but he um he lost his erection. Uh, yeah, I can't remember why. I don't know because she looked like some sort of eighties British politician. Oh yeah, from a sla- <laughs> from a certain angle. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so at this point, Norville pulls the receipt spike from out of his cheeks. Yeah. And 
Um, very easily. Very easily, and then very easily plunges just, it into yeah, like no effort, just Jethro's slides. Brain. And the last word Jethro says is Arthur. Yeah, <laughs> for, for no reason. Arthur, yeah. <laughs> and then falls to his knees and dies. Yep. Yeah. So, and obviously, like Norville's been through a lot. He's he got stabbed a couple times in the side. Yeah, yeah he's bleeding out. He's been um, still. He's got you know, injuries from his brawl with Dandy, even though he won that brawl, he still took a fair bit of punishment. From oh, that. absolutely. He did. Yeah. Um, so he kind of wanders his way all the way back to his dad's kind of makes it there by the morning. Yeah. Uh, finds his dad still in the same spot, kind of slumped um, up against a, a log. Yeah. Some driftwood. Yeah. Kind of, sits beside him and the dad's not dead but you can you tell see, he's, he's he's in and out of consciousness yeah. yeah you can tell he's not gonna last very much longer so elijah wood asks him again like why why, why did, did you, you write me why did you want me to come here and then he gets no answer but, but the dad reaches out and grabs his hand and then i you would almost have to presume that they both just sit there and die and bleed out or whatever yeah yeah and that's basically the end. Uh, there's a little clip at the end of what I assume is a Elijah Wood's memory of. Oh yeah, like from like a home video, yeah, yeah. of of them on, like maybe it's showing that this is the answer. This is why the dad reached out to him because you no, know, he missed his son. He loved his son or whatever, and so yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. And that was the end of that. Like, it sounds really strange, but uh, it was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't expecting, like, a kidnapping plot and all mm -hmm. sorts of stuff. But It's funny, it's as convoluted as the story seems, it's actually told in a pretty straightforward manner. Yeah. Like, like there's, not, there's nothing that's trying to trick you or anything like that. It's like, okay, here's what happens. Okay, that guy's dead. Now here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. And it's just yeah. all unfolds naturally. Like they're not trying to you know, really pull one over you or anything like that. Yeah. And like it's an hour and a half and they I think they try to, to do a little character development. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. Um like, you kind of feel sorry for Elijah Wood's character. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's just basically a loser. Yeah, I mean, he's been like a trust fund kid, right? He's, he's, he's very, he was very privileged. Yeah. Like, he, he, like he was, you know, you know, he was wanting nothing or whatever. You know, he could do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted and, you know, had the money to do it and... Yeah, yeah, so drank a he, lot. Yeah. He probably tried to get into the whole club scene and you know pretend he was a DJ and, and all that kind of stuff. So kind of like Paris Hilton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that was that movie. Um yeah, it was good. I liked it. Uh I don't know if I liked Elijah Wood's haircut and mustache. No, that was that seemed to be the most character development for the character, though, was that yeah. look. Yeah. Like, uh, 
Yeah, he walked into something that he didn't know what was going to happen, and there's mm-hmm. no way in a million years that he would have guessed that that's the way that would have transpired. But no. Um. Yeah, and, I, and you're and you're thinking that how would he not recognize his dad? But he he hadn't seen his dad since he was five. Yeah, and thirty years had passed, so you could see why you know he wouldn't necessarily recognize his father right away. Yeah. And his father was played by Martin Donovan. Yes. Who uh, was an Ant-Man. He was an Ant-Man. He was in Weeds, the show Weeds, for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's been lots of things, yeah. Yeah, Inherent Vice. Yeah, he's like one of those actors you see in stuff, but you don't really know his name. Yeah. Oh, he's in the new... Uh... Christopher Nolan movie coming out, Tenant, as well. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's come to Daddy in a nutshell. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of weird kind of not really violence, but mm-hmm. like the whole stabbing him with the feces covered pen. Yeah, <laughs> like that is an inventive way to threaten somebody. Yes. And uh, you got to wonder what came first for the character Jethro. Did he think, oh, I got to take a shit and take a shit and said, oh, I'm going to do something with this shit. Or did he take the shit with the intention, knowing that he was going to stick a pen into it in order to infect the guy? He seemed to have a lot of um, peculiarities about him. Yes. He liked, uh, he liked to get choked out by a burly female. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I guess. So, uh, I guess now we will move on to our top five. Blah 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 blah. blah. One, two, three, four, five. Couldn't really think of anything that tied in with this movie, so just on a whim. Um, recently there was the 30th anniversary of Back to the Future 3, so then that just got me thinking, you know, why don't we just do, uh, our top five time travel movies, but instead narrow it down a little bit and make it, you know, the best time travel thrillers or time loop thrillers. So that's what I decided. Okay. Okay. Let's do that top five then. That sounds excellent. That's, this doesn't sound rehearsed. (laughs) All right. So, so do, did you want to go with your? Top I'll start. Okay. I'll start. Terry, thank you. Thank you. So this is a um, more recent one. I don't know if it's really a thriller or a horror, but it's kind of both, and it's a comedy. But um, my number five is Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember we went into the theater not expecting much, or did I see yeah. it with you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. And uh, it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. The second one, eh. Well, the second one's okay, but it... It's, it's way more science than horror. Yeah, it was, yeah, it totally left the horror genre and just became, yeah, straight up sci-fi. So, yeah, mine is uh, Happy Death Day. It's a good little good little uh, Groundhog Day type stereo with uh, some college-age students and some funny stuff. And monkeys. There's monkeys. 
I'm sure there was. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Mine, uh, my number five is Source Code. Okay. With, uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. That was on my you know, short but, list. Yeah. You know, but the guy sent back in time to stop a terrorist attack, but he only has eight minutes of time or something like that. Each time he goes back to try to figure out who the bomber is. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, pretty entertaining. So. Okay. My number four is Looper mm-hmm. with um, Bruce Willis and that handsome kid. What's his name? Oh, the one from uh, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, just really well written. Really yeah. good premise. <clears throat> Basically, Bruce Willis goes back in time to stop himself from what is he, an assassin? Yeah, he's a hired, he's a looper. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Okay. Uh, my number four is one called Triangle, which uh, refers to the Bermuda Triangle. It's about, you know, some people who go out on a boat and they come across this ocean liner that's stuck in the middle of the, you know, just floating abandoned. And one by one, they kind of keep getting killed. But there's one person who's caught in a loop who keeps reliving everything. And so she's trying to make things different than what they what are really happening and it's pretty gory and it's uh yeah it's a really n- one that's really well made where it ties up all the pieces of the time travel and stuff like that there's no loose ends yeah it's pretty good i'll have to watch that one you better uh my number three is planet of the apes mm-hmm. it's just a classic like it's not the most well-made movie <clears throat> excuse me the the makeup effects are kind of cheesy now. Now, is this the Mark Wahlberg one? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. No? Okay. Um, and we don't really realize it's a time travel movie until basically the last scene. Yes. Spoiler um, alert. Well, if you haven't seen Planet of the Apes by now, you're, you know. I first saw Planet of the Apes, like, finished it minutes before leaving to go see the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. Really? And, yeah. And it's it seemed like the most brilliant film after pairing it to the Mark Wahlberg one scene oh, right, right back to back, right? So Yeah. That yeah, uh so. that, yeah, that wasn't a good one. It that had better makeup. Yeah. But uh it was but, cheesy. It was cheesy. And then but of course the the prequels are phenomenal, but of course that's a that's a different episode. Yeah, um, this will be short. My number three is Looper. We already talked about it, but yeah, you didn't mention his name, but yes, the, the handsome lad is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh and, yes, and uh, they make him oh, try it? to look like a young Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, maybe yes. It, was he was he Pinocchio? Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they even made Joseph Gordon-Levitt look like a young Bruce Willis by giving him the, the contacts of the eyes and adjusting his nose to make it look like Bruce Willis. But yeah, that, that one's really good. That showed that Ryan Johnson can, can actually write something, you know, outside of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was my number three. Uh, my number two is Donnie Darko. Ooh. It's just all around good, good movie. Is it you like the the sinister rabbit? I do. Yes, I like Frank the bunny. 
Yeah. It's got a great soundtrack, good cast. It's like off the wall, strange. Mm -hmm. I've never seen the director's cut though. I've heard that one's, that's pretty decent. And, and I think, the, quite I, think I have the director's cut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, this was before Gyllenhaal got famous. Yeah. Uh, was it before October Sky or after? It was after October Sky. October Sky was still in the 90s, I think. Oh, okay. Darko was early 2000s. So, uh, Yeah, great cast. Mm -hmm. Swayze, and, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't Swayze in that? Yep. yep. He's uh, a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Drew Barrymore's in it. Mm -hmm. She's a teacher. Is it Maggie Gyllenhaal? Does she play a sister? The sister, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one. I had that on my on my short list as well, but uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. For but my number two, uh, the uh, Twelve Monkeys. Um, again, Bruce Willis again, and just Terry Gilliam bizarreness, and yeah, and you know early Brad Pitt who's just wacko in it, and he's just he's brilliant in it, and uh, yeah, it's, it. It's one I saw that at the theater, and it took like at least two, three viewings before you can really catch everything and appreciate everything that's happening. I saw it in the theater and fell asleep. What is yeah. it because you were bored or just because you were tired? I have no idea. Have you that, watched that? It was since? like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Have you watched it since? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess that's my number one. Yes. Going to be the Terminator. What? The original. I never heard of it. Never heard of it. The James Cameron before he became Mr. Hollywood. So this this isn't Dark Fate then. No. Okay. Uh, it's just like it's a perfect blend of science fiction, horror, thriller, action. Um, Schwarzenegger was still menacing back then. Like he mm -hmm. believed that he was a robot. Yes, um, was and that probably was from his acting style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton wasn't nearly as terrible in this one as she was in Terminator Two. <laughs> so yeah, Terminator is my number one. Plus, I had Michael Bean in it. That's yep. Yep. Okay, so and and uh, Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton. Yes. Must be laundry day. <laughs> uh, my number one is a movie called um, Time After Time. Uh, it's from the 70s. It's with um, Malcolm McDowell and Mary Steenburgen. It's about H.G. Wells, and he travels in time chasing after Jack the Ripper. Oh. It's a really cool movie. Um, I highly enjoy it. I think, I think the director is Nicholas Meyer, who did the original Star Trek The Motion Picture movie. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Is it before or after Caligula? It probably was before. I think Caligula was early 80s. Hmm. Yeah. Just wondering. Yes. <laughs> Just wondering if, you're, if you wanted to be a Malcolm McDowell completionist, where it would fall on your, his timeline. Yes, please. Yes, please. So, so I guess my, I had two runner-ups. Okay. I had uh, 12 Monkeys was on my list. Yes. And 
I consider Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a thriller. Because it's thrilling? It's thrilling. Yes. So, okay. there you go. I had a couple on my list. Um, one is a stretch for time travel, but it definitely is a time travel, but it's not about time travel. Uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, I was that. Uh, I had that almost on there. Uh, time Cop was another one that I yeah. had on there. Van Damme. Van Damme. It's not um, a bad movie. It's, it's based not a bad on movie. a. It's based on a Dark Horse comic. Yeah, and I mean he's he's terrible in it, and it's got some terrible dialogue on it, and he, yeah. you know, he gives it all the effort to make it keep it terrible. But probably one that just missed the list for me would be uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh um, yeah, with Tom Cruise. That's uh that's a great time, another time loop one, him and Emily Blunt. I think I'm surprised. A I'm surprised Time Crimes never made the oh, oh there was the Italian been, one. Yeah, there's been talks of a remake, but um, it's kind of been in kind of a turnaround for a while. Yeah, it's decent. I haven't seen Time Crimes, but I'm familiar with it, and I heard it's pretty twisted. Yeah, it's if I'd decent. seen it, I'd probably be on my list. But yeah. So, I, so guess, yeah, uh, I guess that's it. That's it for yeah. top five time travel thrillers, <laughs> time loops. Oh. What is know. this? What is this vocal style? Oh. 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 <laughs> All right, that's enough. Okay, <laughs> right, so, uh, I guess that wraps this episode. So, um, I uh, this is uh, Scott signing signing off for uh, Flix Max. And this is Terry signing off for for Flix Max, right? Uh, yeah, for Flix Max, or for Patty Wax, or for Give Your Dogs a Bone. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. All right. Till next time. All right. Toodles. Toodles.